The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Well, let's meditate for a few minutes while others are arriving. Just take this opportunity to sit quietly with each other. Comfortably upright posture. Relax into meditation. the shoulders, relax the front of the torso, the back of the torso. Relax into the body. Drop into the ground, the body.
I am grateful that I'm alive. I am grateful that I'm alive. I'm alive. I can sense this body. I can sense my legs. My feet. And the sensations keep changing. I'm alive. I can breathe without doing anything on my part to make this happen. I'm given the gift of breath. It keeps breathing. I keep breathing. This was given to me. My heart was given to me. It pumps blood throughout my body. The gift of my digestive organs. Stomach, spleen, kidneys, liver, bowel. All working together beneath my consciousness. To chew food and swallow food and digest food. Excrete the waste.
I didn't ask for this. It was just given. All of these organs, all of this life, this gift. I'm grateful for this gift. I'm happy about this gift. I rejoice. I rejoice that I'm alive. I rejoice that I have legs and feet that can walk. I rejoice that I have arms and hands that can do things. So many things, cook food, wash dishes, drive a car, wash myself. This mind, this mind that can navigate through this life, can think and figure things out, and has so many skills. None of things uh, none of these things ask for anything back. They just keep giving and giving and giving. the gift of my inner goodness. My virtue. Love. My desire to be happy. My love. And wanting others to be happy. Love. My compassion my intrinsic kindness,
my nature, my good nature, maybe radiating from me. Maybe there's some joy in my good nature radiating to all other beings, kind to other beings, loving to other beings. Without obstacles, maybe we would just naturally radiate everywhere this love and compassion. I'm alive. And the essence of all of this is awareness. I have been given the gift of essential, open, awareness. like the sky. I rejoice that I'm aware this awareness that knows that I'm alive Remove the alive part and simply I am. Grateful for this. I am. I am. I rejoice in these riches. M. Remove the I. Unimpeded, M.
Relax. This great gift of ease, this fundamental ease that we all have. It's always accessible to us. Sometimes there's silence. Grateful for silence. And sometimes there's movement. Thoughts. Thoughts arise from the mind. And return to the mind, dissolve into the mind. All part of this alive. Suzuki Roshi said, just to be alive is enough. It's pretty full. There's nothing lacking. Every moment, completely full.
Okay, thank you. So, welcome. It's so great to have you here. Um, if some of you are new, just want to mention we have small groups as well that our people seem to enjoy a lot, groups of like around six people each. We meet every couple of weeks, and it's a similar format to this. We break out into small groups, or we are a small group, and we discuss how we are. We discuss a topic. And people get to know each other pretty well. And uh, it feels quite supportive, I think, to everybody that's in the group. Get to know each other very well. So let's break up into small groups now. And I think what would be nice is to follow this theme. We're all so grateful. There's so much that we're grateful for, if we think about it. So just mention, you know, kind of going around in a circle. You don't have to name everything you're grateful for on your first round. You might name a couple of things, maybe two things. And then go to the next person and then the next person and the next person. And maybe, Joe, inclining more to five people in the group, four to five, but inclining more to five, if it's not too late for that. And um, I can do that. Yeah. So trying that for a while and see how that goes. And if it feels like it's been exhausted, like you're, you've run out, <laughs> run out of grateful gas, um, maybe an, another prompt could be, what do you appreciate about yourself? I know that's a kind of a hard one. It's so easy for us to appreciate other people. In the same way we appreciate other people, we see the goodness in other people. We see their wisdom, their kindness, their talents, their skills, seeing it in ourselves. Might be a nice thing to reflect on if you have time. Okay, so we'll take about, um, say, maybe 22 minutes, Joe, for this. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. So I hope you enjoy your great your breakout session. We'll see you back here in twenty two about twenty two minutes. Okay, it looks like everyone is back. Welcome back. How was that for you? How was how was your breakout room? And would some of you be willing to share uh, some of the things that were discussed? I'm I'm I I have a feeling that what was discussed will make the rest of us feel good. So it would be a, a, a kind act to share it with us. Joe, can you notice, I can't see the whole screen, Who, if someone raises their hand or wants to share. But p- please feel free just to unmute yourself and and share.
Hi, it's Michael um, on the phone. So I think everyone shared that um, they were grateful for the Buddha, Dharma, and um, that they have a um, Dalai Lama's prayer or the remembrances or some other aspects of the Buddha Dharma that they do every morning. So deep past. Thank you. If anyone feels more comfortable raising their hand instead of jumping in, if you go down to reactions, you'll see a raise hand button. Oh, Abraham. Yeah, hi. Um, not only are there was a tremendous amount of gratitude for many things uh, in our group, but one of the things I was really feeling is whether I was hearing everything or in tune with everything that people were grateful for, what I was really grateful for is just that there is this group, this Sangha, um, to be able to sit with people and share uh, is rich, and it helps a great deal, and I have a lot of gratitude for that. Okay, so, uh, Stephen. You're muted, Stephen. Uh, how easy it is to, to get depressed and feel overwhelmed, you know, with, with all the things that... Uh, uh, come on TV these days and so forth. And I, I guess uh, for me, I, at this point in my life, I'm especially grateful uh, just to be alive. And I, as was already was said here, and uh, that life is stronger than death. I really understand that now. You know that life is stronger than death. Just even. Maybe how was it in your group? How did it feel in your group to share these things? Maybe you could include that if you'd like to uh, offer something to us. Ali? Ali? Thank you. Uh, it was, it was, it was uh, lovely, as always. I mean, uh, group... Uh, and then we were at the beginning, uh, I mean, the hope and the hopelessness, as Stefan was saying, uh, kicked in, like, here we go again, and other gratitude stuff that we have to do. I mean, not really feeling it, just mechanically. Uh, but uh, as we went on, uh, we got in touch with, like, that being perhaps the portal, the light that we need to go towards. Uh, as was shared right before, that the uh, force of life is probably more than the other one. But, and then how, uh, I mean, you come to the Dharma, not, I mean, I don't know, maybe some people come because of the joy and everything else, but then everyone comes in from the suffering, the first noble truth. And then uh, how personally I am, you know, more in touch with the lack uh, of what is wrong, what, what, what is right, but 
this actually is the portal to get, I mean, one of the ways to uh, make it more of a balanced way of things come both in both ways, uh, good and bad. So that's what comes to me. But it was a very lively discussion. Thank you. Thank you, Ali. We, we talked about that when we were just the, 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 the leaders, when you were in your small group, that maybe maybe some people are going to feel like, I'm not grateful. This, this is not working so well for me right now. Uh, um, I'm suffering. And um, so it's nice to hear that you, you kind of saw that as a portal. Um, and I, when I think about gratitude, I do think of suffering, but I'm grateful for my, I'm even grateful for my suffering because suffering, um, as you said, can be a portal or uh, it can, it can open me to freedom, a new kind of freedom. Something arises, a problem arises, and then I resolve it. And my heart opens again. So it's it, in a way suffering. I'm grateful to my suffering. It's uh, leads me to more freedom, deeper freedom, more abiding freedom. And yeah, that's my comment on your your share. Thank you. Maybe one or two more. Okay. Well, thank you all for participating in this, and I hope it was gratifying to you and and uh, yeah, that you had a, a, a nice experience of sangha, of supportive sangha. And now we'll turn it over to our my wise and compassionate friend Robert, a, a brilliant teacher. Thank you, David, and um, hello, everyone. I uh, apologize for coming into the session late this morning. I was uh, on another, another. I was in another meeting, and I couldn't get free at eleven o'clock. So I'm arriving a little bit late and a little bit at a disadvantage because I don't have the same sense of um, having settled into what what uh, you are all focus on this morning, but I'm getting the gist that we were talking about gratitude and what, uh, uh, how that shows up in our lives. And um, so I will share something. I, I gave a talk last night in, to a group in San Jose. And <clears throat> when we were, meditating uh, towards the end of the meditation um, I was I had this overwhelming sense of real gratitude and happiness as I thought about um, what we were doing there in community sharing um, the Dhamma in that way and uh, you know following our hearts calling to train the mind to calm down so that we could be present and or whatever brought someone to that meditation whatever brings each one of us to this meditation 
group to this senior sangha month after month. Um, there's something really wonderful about that. And when you think about that happening literally, not just here, but all over the planet, <laughs> suddenly it was like my vision just went around the world. And it just filled me with such happiness to think of people wanting to wake up or wanting to connect in this really beautiful way. And it also made me really grateful to recognize the preciousness of, of the human life. We hear that a lot in, in Buddhist teaching that this human life is precious, but it's precious in itself, but also the very fact that the teachings have become, uh, it, the teachings have come into each one of our lives. Everyone that's sitting on this call today has the incredibly, unbelievably good karma to have the teachings come into your life, you see? And um, as you reflect on your life, as I reflected on my life in, the, in that meditation last night, <clears throat> it was, a, was sort of a walk through different phases and categories and silos of experience. The people who were part of my life at that stage, they came in and they went out and new people came in and some people were wonderful and other people were real pains in the neck. And, uh, and this thread of, of this essential goodness and this, the blessing of being, you know, part of something that was so direct and immediate and um, experiential and embodied. And, and to be part of that community last night in that small pod, then this expansion that went out across the world as I thought of people all over the world doing the same kind of thing. It really did fill me with a sense of gratitude and appreciation. And it made me realize, too, that that moment of recognition, of realization, is a moment to savor. It's a moment to really recognize and lean into and feel the goodness of it. Because you, you can't really describe it. It's beyond description. It's like saying, telling somebody from another world explaining the concept of love you know you you know what love is and whatever words you put to love it's just a it pales in comparison to what the actual experience is so to recognize that moment of appreciation that moment of gratitude really does fill you with a sense of fills me. I, I won't say what it does to you because I don't know, but for me, it fills me with a sense of, of joy. And I don't normally connect to those senses of joy. I tend to be a pretty mental person. And, and so my Achilles heel is that I get caught up in the cognitive and I try to understand things. But to have that direct feeling, oh, my goodness, this is wonderful. And to savor that moment um, 
is it's not only worthwhile doing, but it's really wholesome to do it, to know what that feels like, because in that way, you can recognize when those moments come, you see, and, and you can practice those connecting with those moments over and over and over again. And in that way, you begin to create the habit. We begin to create the habit of, of defaulting to gratitude rather than defaulting to, you know, regret or remorse. You see? And, and it's not like we're, we're trying to d- incorporate some practice of positive thinking where we're denying the, that there are shadows in the world or shadows within us, shadow and light in us, but we're not denying that, but it's, we're learning to shift our perspective in some way. It's just sometimes there's a slight shift. It only takes a slight shift of perspective to change your whole experience. So I, I give you an example of what I'm, I'm trying to describe here, and I'm maybe not doing a good job of it, so I apologize. But I was working with a student the other day, and um, her mom was diagnosed with a terminal illness that was quite advanced, and it could be weeks, it could be months, but certainly not much longer than that. And so my student lives in Chicago and her mother lives in, in Pennsylvania. And she was telling me that she told her partner that she wanted to go to Pennsylvania, that she wanted them to go to Pennsylvania because she didn't want her mom to be alone at Christmas. And he said, when you tell your mom that we're coming, you might say instead of we don't want you to be alone, we're we're coming for Christmas because we want to be with you. You see the difference? The slight shift of perspective makes all the difference in the world, the way that you actually experience it, the way the mom experiences it. And it also was an indicator to me when I was talking with my student about how mindfulness works. The sensitivity of her partner when he he suggested they deliver the news of their coming as we want to be with you rather than we don't want you to be alone. Both of those are perfectly nice things, but one of them really feels a little bit different. It feels really a little bit different. But the mindfulness that could pick up that nuanced difference and allow him to actually express it and bring it forth really does make a difference. It impacts, it would have this tr- that impact on the, on the mother, I'm, I'm guessing. It certainly had that impact on my student because she felt like, oh my God, <laughs> This is, this is, he's absolutely right. And this feels so good. So those moments to actually recognize them and savor them, those are moments of appreciation and gratitude 
appreciation for the practice coming into your life, for you wanting to actually engage in the practice. You know, it's, it's a real gift. It's a real gift. Life is short. If we haven't noticed, I, I think, how, how is it possible that I got to be this age? You know, I still think that I, I can still remember being in high school almost. It's like this, this couldn't have happened to me. What, what's going on here? You know, and then time is seen as just a concept. It's really, what is it? So if you just begin to look at your own experience, your own day-to-day, you know, the ebb and flow of your moods and your mind states and your emotions and so on and so forth, and, and just see it sort of as a bigger picture it allows you to be, it allows us to be a little bit kinder to ourselves and a little bit more compassionate to ourselves. So, so what I, what I see a lot and, and it used to be that it was, I fell into this category, but I, I don't think I do as much anymore is this idea of self-acceptance. You know, uh, people tend to be really a little bit hard on themselves. They tend to drive themselves. And um, so I want to just say a few words about this idea of self-acceptance as it relates to gratitude and appreciation, but also as it relates to this concept or this experience, I should say, of equanimity. So when we think about self-acceptance in the context of our own Buddhist meditation practice, um, you know, it can be, uh, it, it can be a worthwhile uh, investigation for us to to actually take on, and when we inquire into it, we see that it's not really about a self. It's rather about a set of psychologically psychological behaviors that we identify as ourself. You see, so we see ourselves as being grateful. We see ourselves being angry. We see ourselves being impatient. We see ourselves being loving. We see ourselves being regret. We, these behaviors, you see, and each of those behaviors, then we, we have a tendency to inf- reify and infuse a, an identity into it. This is who we are. So, so in the process of, of looking into this, we have to uh, begin to see things in a more nuanced way, just like my student's partner did. It's, it's not rocket science. We just have to take the, make the time and slow down enough so that we can actually begin to practice it. So 
but it really does require that we begin to learn how to be honest with ourselves, to be radically honest with ourselves, and to be honest with ourselves about our strengths and our, and our weaknesses. And that requires from us this quality of mindfulness and clear comprehension. And it also requires from us a degree of courage and commitment to living in intention or in, in integrity with our deepest intentions. See, and as I was reflecting in that meditation last night uh, about the, just the, the incredible blessing of being part of that community, I also was reflecting on on this thread that that seems to be woven into the trajectory of my personal life that um, really connects me to to my deepest intention and to wanting to live in integrity with that intention and to see that grow through the different phases and stages of my life. Again, that inquiry awakens a sense of gratitude and a sense of appreciation that I was willing to actually, you know, stick to it, so to speak. So as we begin to cultivate uh, mindfulness and uh, equanimous observation, uh, we begin to see that there's familiar patterns of thoughts and emotions that begin to, to emerge. And we, and we see the momentum and the power of our mental inclinations and habits um, really as a flow of experience. It just, you know, it's a flow of consciousness. We gradually become, uh, we gradually come to see our thoughts and emotions as behaviors and, and our behaviors as conditioned activities. They're a process. They're not a self. They're not some identity. So this is really important for us to recognize because when, when, we, when we take these roles on as who we are, we begin the process of separation, separating ourselves from the actual experience. You see, um, going back to this idea of love or this experience of love, you know, uh, it's like, am, am I experiencing love because there's me or is, is love expressing me? Am I an expression of love? It's, we can think about that. So just wisely attending to what's going on um, allows us to rest in a peaceful sense and, and maybe even begin to let go of the, of the, or at least begin the process of letting go of thinking that everything that happens is our responsibility or our fault. 
So, so as we notice that these processes are happening, they begin to, to we begin to uh, notice that, that they're just arising and passing away. They're not permanent. They're not, uh, you know, the you who is loving one moment and remorseful the next moment and angry the next moment and excited the next moment. It's like you being a child and an adolescent and a teenager and a young adult and a middle-aged person and a senior. It's like these are things that are just It's natural in our life as we begin to watch ourselves carefully and the way that we think. And this is an example of how we begin to cultivate compassion, real compassion in our life. So as we begin to notice these things, as we begin to see that gratitude on its own doesn't exist in a vacuum. Loving kindness on its own doesn't exist in a vacuum. Compassion on its own doesn't consist in a vacuum or a silo, I should say. If you're you're grateful, you're able to touch these other qualities of heart, compassion and, and loving kindness and mudita and equanimity and all of the wonderful things that we've been practicing and studying for, for so many years. And this, this quality of equanimity that I alluded to a little bit earlier, this, this quality um, this quality it retains this um, this quality of empathy and compassion. Um, when, things, when things are going well, so if we think of equanimity as being um, the ability or the capacity for us to be with our experience, no matter what is happening, without being derailed by it, whether we're really happy or we're really sad, it doesn't, we recognize both of those states, and we're able to hold those states. This is also a quality of compassion. But when things are going well, we don't float away in ecstasy or expect um, that they'll always remain that way. And when things aren't going our way, we don't just go off and lose ourselves in despair or we lash out and blaming and projecting our problems onto other people. Um, so in this, this way, we diminish the potential for stress and suffering in our lives as well as for those people around us. So, so where am I going with this? I, <laughs> I'm kind of rambling here this morning because I came in a little bit late, but I'm trying to tie this into 
um, this feeling of appreciation and gratitude because these are qualities that are really wholesome. These are qualities that um, sometimes like this holiday season, it's easier for us to feel that way. And for some people, the holidays bring up exactly the opposite. It's a triggering time. They feel sad. They feel alone. They feel whatever we're feeling. So, but the wholesomeness of feeling into gratitude and appreciation is absolutely worth investigating and and uh, practicing. And when we can't feel that way, like David was saying, when you were in the room, we were saying, well, maybe some people aren't feeling this this morning. And it's quite possible. It's quite true that you might not be feeling, some people might not be feeling that. But when we're not feeling that, what is it that we feel? And is there a way with a slight shift of perspective that what we're feeling could change? So I set that up almost like a rhetorical question that I could answer myself, because what we feel when we are not able to feel gratitude and compassion is some sort of a separation or a lack or a discomfort. Does that make sense? Does, do you agree with that? Yes? Not? <laughs> yes, yes? No? Yeah. So that moment of recognizing the discomfort of not being able to feel what someone is saying now feel love and kindness or feel gratitude or feel compassion that moment is a moment of suffering it's a moment of distress it's a moment of thinking that you can't really participate in the way that you would like to or being asked to and in that moment if you can recognize the distress of that moment that very seeing of that moment for what it is and not turning away from it is the radical honesty I was talking about. That is a moment of self-compassion. That is what self-compassion, how self-compassion reveals itself. So, so there are, um, many different ways and portals and roads into this this investigation and i looking at the time and thinking uh let me just ask fiona fiona can can you give me 10 minutes to let people go into a breakout room most definitely i okay. my yes yes okay. please or more time if you want it's fine Okay, so what I would like to do is um, I, I've given you some thoughts here, but what I'd like to do is have you um, go into a breakout room and maybe with just a couple of people, not with five people because it would take too long. Uh, maybe uh, three uh, breakout rooms of three, Joe. And what I'd like you to do is um, I'd like you to um, think about 
what makes you happy? Think about what makes you happy. And what are the conditions that are needed in order for you to be happy? That's what I would like you to think about. So what makes you happy? It could be, I'm, I'm really happy when I go out and, and uh, work in my garden. See, and so what are the conditions? Well, you need a garden. <laughs> All right. Something like that. Simple. So, and uh, if you, we have a 10 minute uh, 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 breakout room, each of you will get about two or three minutes to go around and um, share with one another. And then we'll come back and have a uh, a short debrief, and then Fiona will take over. I want to just look at the time and be sensitive to the time. Uh, <clears throat> so uh, would any of you or some of you be willing to share uh, a little bit about <laughs> what you think makes you happy and what conditions are needed in order for you to be happy and to savor your happiness. Let me before before we hear from you. I I want to say that we will hear from a few people and then we're going to do a a, a short five minute bio break, and then Fiona will start in about uh, uh, around twenty to the hour. So we're a little bit behind schedule. So if anybody would like to share something, I would love to hear from you. I saw a hand go up. Eileen, you're on mute. Eileen, can you hear me? You're on mute. Yeah, there it just took like a second to unmute. Um, how are you? Thank you for this session. This is my first time here. And what, we, what I was talking about in the group was um, feeling a lot of happiness and joy when I walk around and see everybody's big Christmas lights and displays, which are much more than ever uh, I've uh, ever seen. And I, when I look at them, I think to the person who has the display, thank you for sharing your happy Christmas spirit with us, with mm-hmm. us in the neighborhood. So there's joy in other people's joy. Um, and there's also right. joy in knowing that the Christmas presents I sent got there on time. And I was just so happy that my brothers and sisters, even though I can't see them, they got what I sent to them, and I just can't tell you how happy it made me that they're going to be happy. So this oh, is that's... this is wonderful to have the happiness of other people's happiness. Ah, uh, thank you, Eileen. That's wonderful, and I love the way that you you uh, phrased it. Joy, there's joy in other people's joy. <laughs> just <laughs> let's savor that actual. <laughs> there is joy in other people's joy. Imagine if the whole world was thinking there's joy in other people's joy. <laughs> what a different world we would live in. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Elizabeth. Yeah. Um, 
I, I wanted to say I had a, a ha moment because I really liked your second question about the condition because mm-hmm. something that used to make me not happy makes me happy now because the conditions changed. Uh, I haven't been in Germany for three years. I love going to Germany, but I always uh, dread as a home, uh, dread uh, the flight. And I go like, oh, the jet lag, you know, I, I want to go. But it always comes up right now. If I can make the next time I'm planning, I'm, I already envisioned this. I'm going to be so happy to sit in that plane and put that seatbelt on to fly to Frankfurt. And it's uh, interesting. It just came to me. And I don't even think about the jet lag. I could care less about the jet lag. <laughs> because I haven't ha- you know, had it for three years because I've had, it was so easy for me. I mean, I do it two times a year, three times a year, no big deal. But the jet lag, you know, so yes. how much that mind place that part and i just noticed that because a of that slight, a slight yeah. shift of perspective is a all it takes to give yeah. us a different experience entirely yeah I'm gonna really it's the same flight it's just thinking about it differently yeah take yeah. that to heart <laughs> yeah thank you so much okay well <clears throat> i wish that we had time for more people to uh share but I do want to give you a little bit of uh, uh, time for a short bio break. And then if you come right back, so Fiona can get started um, it's, it's <laughs> within three to five minutes. Oh, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much, everyone. Poetry, again as a great source of inspiration for my Dharma practice, my meditation practice. And this was on a website called Sacred Poetry from Around the World. I loved this poem by a poet named Pat Schneider. She passed away last year during COVID in her 80s. This poem is called Instructions for the Journey. The self you leave behind is only a skin you've outgrown. Don't grieve for it. Look to the wet, raw, unfinished self, the one you're becoming. The world, too, sheds its skin. Politicians, cataclysms, ordinary days. It's easy to lose this tenderly unfolding moment. Look for it as if it were the first green blade after a long winter. Listen for it as if it were the first clear tone in a place where dawn is heralded by bells. And if all that fails, wash your own dishes, rinse them. Stand in your kitchen at your sink. Let cold water run between your fingers. Feel it. This call for 
turning our attention and being aware, and also the simplicity of turning our attention just to simple mindfulness. What a gift. So I was so intrigued with this poet. I found her again on another website, the Mindfulness Association. They're out of the UK. And um, I wanted to share this second poem. The Patience of Ordinary Things. It's a kind of love, is it not? How the cup holds the tea. How the chair stands sturdy and four square. How the floor receives the bottom of shoes or toes. How soles of feet know where they're supposed to be. I've been thinking about the patience of ordinary things. How clothes wait respectfully in closets and soap dries quietly in the dish. And towels drink the wet from the skin of the back. And the lovely repetition of stairs. And what is more generous than a window? And uh, from one of the teachers there who quoted Pat Schneider's poem, she reflects on this poem. Her name is Christine Jansen. These poems are an invitation to notice and appreciate the world around us and to look for its goodness. From this poem, as well as some others by her, I came across, it seems clear that the American poet and author, Pat Schneider, found it in many places before she died, not long ago at the ripe old age of 86. It's easy to overlook the steady presence of the ordinary things around us but a wonderful source of quiet joy when we wake up to it. As Pema Chodron said, mindfulness is loving the details of our lives and how wonderful to feel that they love us back. Mindfulness is loving the details of our lives and how wonderful wonderful to feel that they love us back.
Just to reflect right now, what's right here with us, so simple, what is here holding us in this moment? Holding us together? Vibrant, still alive, aware, open. I would wish for all of us, whatever sense of simplicity and gratitude and openness that we can cultivate or have cultivated in our hearts, will just move out, however, to those we meet, those we think about, those we encounter in these days coming forward towards the solstice and beyond, that we really trust this time of our lives, that we're here and we have a gift to give ourselves into this life. So thank you for being here. David and Robert. I, uh, I hope today has been um, a nice day for you. I hope you have felt you know, supported by each other, supported by, by this group, by the, the meditations and the teachings and you feel a little bit better now than you felt when you came in and that mostly that it's been a support for you to, for you to continue practicing gratitude, happiness, mindfulness. Yeah. 
that you can accept these, these beautiful gifts that we've been given and continue these gifts into your life. <clears throat> I hope this day has been a gift for you. And um, I think it's, it's so joyous to just give it all away. You know, the benefit that we've gotten today, that you felt today, maybe the uh, virtue that you felt today or the uh, expansion of your heart or your or maybe a little bit of opening into your awareness, whatever benefit you've received today, to give it away, to give it to all beings everywhere, just to keep giving it and giving it and giving it. May all beings be happy. May all beings be free. May all beings abide in, in joy, in gratitude, in openness, in awareness. And may all beings abide in a blissful state of equanimity, just free, free of aversions and, and clingings. So helping each other, we're helping each other along on this path to freedom. Thank you all for participating, for coming today. Happy holidays. May they be joyful or the opposite and practice with whatever it is. <laughs> Learn from whatever it is. Thank you, everyone. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. Thank See you, you next year. Thank you, Robert. Thank you. <laughs> Good wishes. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Robert. Thank you, David. Thank you, Fiona. Bye. Bye, Bye everyone. Bye-bye. Be well, be happy, Bye. be safe. Bye.